if you're new to this whole world of baby led weaning and starting solid foods, you might still be on the fence as to whether this approach is going to work for you. And if that's the case, I want to send you my free feeding guide called Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby? This is a guide that contains a decision tree map that you can work your way through to determine if this is the right approach for you guys and then when it's time to start. Grab your copy of Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby on my website at babyledweaning.co slash resources. I was doing my breakfast dishes this morning, turned the garbage disposal on, and then heard that terrible noise when you know something is in the disposal, but like you can totally tell the damage has already been done. Sure enough, it was an easy peasy tiny spoon, totally shredded, which if I've learned anything about these baby lead weaning spoons from Easy Peasy is that the garbage disposal and the dog both love them. And I was bummed because it's one of my favorite colors that they make, the light gray line, which is called pewter. But my garbage disposal disaster, I guess it came at just the right time because Easy Peasy is having their annual Mother's Day sale from this Friday to Sunday, so May 10th to 12th. You can get 20% off all of the Easy Peasy feeding gear with the affiliate discount code BLWMOM on orders of $50 or more. So this is a great time to stock up at 20% off because my regular Easy Peasy code is usually only for 10% off. So this bump up to 20% off is nice, but it's just for three days. So head to easypeasyfun.com to grab tiny spoons, their tiny cups, and the best suction mats and bowls for baby lead weaning. They have a really cool new bundle maker on their website if you want to group or piece a few items together or If you just don't want to think about it, then just grab one of the Easy Peasy First Foods sets. It has everything you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods with baby led weaning. That code is BLWMOM for 20% off Easy Peasy orders of $50 or more now through Sunday, May 12th at easypeasyfun.com. And happy Mother's Day to you. People love the beginner episodes because I think that's usually when people find the podcast is when they're just getting started. But the podcast reviews... We have a like a Slack messenger channel where we share our favorite moments and our wins. And without a doubt, every time we get some new podcast reviews, they make it to the wins channel because they're so detailed and so great. And people call out their favorite episodes and, and why they like the podcast and why they can't listen to Katie faster than a 1x speed. <laughs> and it's, it's, I just, I really love the podcast listeners. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. It's the 400th episode of this podcast. I remember when we were approaching the 100th episode, and it was the first time I ever interviewed Jill Rapley on the podcast. So she's the founding philosopher of Baby Led Weaning, the co-author of the original Baby Led Weaning book. And we had her on to talk about the history of Baby Led Weaning, and then in a second follow-up episode, the future of Baby Led Weaning. And now she's been on the podcast a few other times since then. But I remember being like, oh my gosh, 100 episodes, that's so much I can't believe we're at 400 episodes and I still have like a very long list of other just mini training topics that I want to cover in the future. So who knows, maybe there'll be another 400. But in this episode today, what I wanted to do was take a look back, talk a little bit about the history of the show, but I didn't want to do it by myself. So I'm going to be interviewing Lauren Cool, who is our marketing manager here at Baby Led Weaning. She is responsible for a lot of stuff and she has a very small role in the podcast. She basically helps listen to the final episodes to tell us, does everything sound okay? But she knows a ton about the podcast because she was actually there from the beginning in a different role when we launched the podcast back in 2020. 
it was kind of sad because we launched it like right as COVID was taking off. I remember I had planned this whole like launch party and we had this beach house in San Diego and we like going to do this big ta-da and then like nobody was allowed to go anywhere. And I remember like the only place I could get food from was Chipotle, but none of us had been at a restaurant in months. So we were like all excited to have Chipotle. We had like a socially distanced launch party that was very small, but Lauren was there from the beginning. So I wanted to have her on the podcast today to talk about a couple of things that you might find interesting about the history of the podcast. So we're going to kind of interview each other with a couple of questions. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode all about the 400 episodes of the Baby Led Weeding Podcast. And thank you so, so, so much for listening. If it wasn't for you and all of your downloads, we wouldn't have a reason to do this show. So I appreciate each and every one of you. And I look forward to 400 more episodes. So with no further ado, here's Lauren Cool talking about the Baby Led Weeding Podcast with me. All right, Lauren, thanks for doing the interview. I'm really excited to chat with you. Me too. Finally making an appearance 400 episodes in. When we started this podcast years ago, I know you had a proposed guest list, and then we had this dream team guest list, which we've actually crossed off most of them over the years, I think. Who were the guests from your original dream guest list that you haven't interviewed yet, but you still want to? All right, so the original dream team guest list, like we have this podcast episode flow. And then we have a list of all the guests who's been on it and who we're talking to right now, who we want to talk to in the future. But then there's one that's called Dream Guests. And I have gotten a couple of them off of it. Not, I mean, we've recorded them or interviewed them over the years. But the couple ones that really stick out of who I'm dying to interview, the number one is Sean Johnson East, the gymnast slash mom. So one of my babysitters, I'm a huge gymnastics fan. My girls are huge gymnastics fan. One of our sitters is a huge gymnastics fan. She used to actually help us with content a while ago when she was in college and needed to make money. And I remember the day that she found out that Sean Johnson East followed us on Instagram, like she was actually freaking out. And I was like, yeah, like her babies do baby led weaning. So when her second baby, Jet, was starting solid foods, we were like hounding her and trying to get her on the show and it never worked out. But I don't know if you saw it over Christmas. She just had her third baby. So I'm going to like to do the math on the celebrities and figure out, you know, about when their babies are starting solid foods, see if we can get them on the podcast. Actually, no, they recently started a podcast network. So maybe she's like a little bit more attuned to podcasts at this time. But I would like absolutely love to interview her as a major fangirl, but also because I think that she's really important in the online influencer space as a mom, because she's very laid back about starting solid foods with her kids and her kids eat real food. And I want more parents to see that slash hear about that. So that's like the number one. Another one that's hanging out there, and I know you were kind of hounding me about this too, was Bob from Bob's Red Mill, because I think we're personally responsible for the purchase of more of like the most random Bob's Red Mill grains out there than a lot of other accounts or shows, because in our 100 First Foods list, we have 20 different whole grains. And they're kind of weird and you sometimes have to order them online. And so we buy and promote without making any money, a lot of Bob's Red Mill whole grains. And I went to the Bob's Red Mill factory tour. It's like outside of Portland, Oregon. If you guys are ever there, you have to go. A few years ago, Bob was there. I was there again this summer with my kids. Bob was not there. And I was like, oh my gosh, maybe it's because he's like, he's literally turning 95 in 2024. So I feel like I need to get on that one. But I feel like we tried with Bob. We just like couldn't get his media people to get him on the show or I don't know if it's really going to happen, but he's one I'd like to have. Um, And then a third one, Dr. Michael Greger from nutritionfacts.org. Like, I'm A, obsessed with the amount of content that him and his team are able to put out. I love his stuff. It's very science, very factual, very, very straightforward, which is what we kind of try to do with our baby-led weaning content. But he's an important person in the nutrition space that we just haven't had on. So Sean Johnson, 
Bob from Bob's Red Mill and Dr. Michael Greger from nutritionfacts.org. I've been hearing about Bob from Bob's Red Mill for the entire time we've known about each other. It'll happen. I It'll hope. Happen. Maybe well, for his 100th birthday. Maybe for his 100th birthday, he'll come on the 500th episode. Who knows? And then a couple, well, I just was looking back at the list of like the actual dream team. People that we had on, well, I remember Jessica Alba was on the list for a while. I don't know why I kind of, I'm not saying I like lost interest, but maybe unlikely to come on the show. Sometimes you contact people enough and they're like not going to do it. But people that we had on the podcast, as far as like the actual dreams of Dr. Robert Lustig, my nutrition crush, he came on to talk about sugar. I love him. Obviously, Dr. Jill Rapley, she's been on numerous times as the founder of Baby Led Weaning and co-author of the original Baby Led Weaning book. We had Marion Nessel on, which was super cool as a nutrition dietitian person. She's like kind of goals. So if you guys have any guests that you'd like to have on the podcast, we actually get a lot of our guest episode ideas and topics to cover on the podcast from reviews of the podcast. So if you have an idea, if you leave a review for the Baby Led Weaning podcast, I personally read every single one of them, but I also get a lot of good ideas from you guys in there as well. All right, Lauren, I want to ask a question about who's involved in getting the podcast out, which is, as far as all of our platforms go, I would say it's the one thing that runs the most smoothly, and it's probably the only thing we regularly publish on time. But who's involved in this team? Yeah, so I think the podcast is super unique because we all have a hand in it, which is maybe why it gets out on time. So usually Katie comes up with the concept, the title, the topic, and then works with our dietetic intern to help out outline the episode, do some research, do the research for the solo episodes, which are a bit more involved. And then from there, Emmanuel, who is based in Nigeria, does our podcast editing. So he hands back to our team a polished audio file, which Jedi, our podcast manager, schedules and designs all the episode art. And then I have the fun task of doing the final listen through and I get to hear all the tidbits and I make any notes for Katie when she's posting the episode. I have another follow-up question for you. Some of the guests we get on the show are really excited and eager to be interviewed. And then some take, let's call it a little bit more convincing. I know you have to hound and stay on top of some of them to get on the calendar. Are there any guests you've ever given up on because you couldn't get them booked? In the 400 episodes, there is one guest that I did give up on. So we had a mom who had a baby with limb differences. And she's like, can you please do an episode on how babies can learn how to eat with their feet or non-dominant hand or if they're missing limbs, digits, et cetera. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, this is a great idea. We did a ton of research. We found like who the leading expert in limb differences was in the United States who happened to work at a hospital. Anytime someone works at a hospital, it's like this, this layer of bureaucracy for them to get permission, usually from like their boss and then the boss's boss and then the legal people, then the PR people, and then they want to see all the questions, which is fine. So we jumped through hoops like with this team. Then it turned into a team. She's like, well, I don't want to do it by myself. I want to have these other people do the podcast episode. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay. It was kind of a, a topic that I was really excited about, but I think for well over a year, we tried to schedule and get them on the calendar and it never happened. So that's one that I do feel bad about. We just kind of gave up on that episode topic. And I actually had to write to the mom who had asked for it and say, like, I'm so sorry, I couldn't end up getting these experts on the show. And then ask the mom, like, but would you like to come on and talk about your experience? She's like, no, thank you. But thank you very much for trying. So that's one that I kind of feel sad that we did have to give up on. I think it's important to know it wasn't for lack of trying. You do really, and I'll, I'll ask this in another question, but you do really find some niche topics and want to cover for those specific cases. Yeah, and then like straight stalk them until they answer, <laughs> but then sometimes they don't. <laughs> 
All right, Lauren, since you are the numbers person, Lauren runs all of our metrics, all of our analytics. We're like not supposed to make a decision that is not numbers based. Since I know you love the numbers, who has been the most frequent guest on the podcast? Okay, so I have the numbers on this, but I want you to guess. Who do you think it is? Well, I'm just guessing that it's Dawn Winkleman because she is my real life friend and very gracious and the leading speech language pathologist in baby led weaning. So anytime something is out of my wheelhouse as a dietitian, I just like have a running list of like questions to ask Dawn and then usually turn them into an episode. Am I right? Yes, you're correct. So Dawn has been on the podcast 16 times. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And we have two runners up and they're tied for seven episodes each. So Jill Rapley has been on the podcast seven times. To be fair, we did a part one and part two way back when, but I counted each of those separately. And then Dr. Ron Sunog, seven times. Oh, I would have thought that Marsha Dunn-Klein had been on it as many. She is five episodes. Oh, wow. Okay. So I've also started a new thing where like, I mean, people's time is very valuable. And I very much appreciate like, as you who listen have maybe noticed, like we only have credentialed feeding experts on the show. Like there's enough misinformation from people who have no business teaching about infant feeding out on the internet. Like you don't need any more of that here. So we always do work to get credentialed experts in their respective areas to come on the podcast. And then when they do, I'm sometimes like, hey, if you don't mind, can we split this into two episodes? Like if I have you on a Zoom, we book a 45 minute Zoom. I send them all the questions ahead of time. I always write the title ahead of time. So I'm like, this is what we're going to talk about. And occasionally they'll be like, ooh, can you massage or tweak the title? And, but most of the time they're like, yes, that's totally fine. And I sometimes pick two topics now. So like, for example, when we get Dr. David Stukas on, like big deal, right? Like, hey, Dr. Dave, can you please do two different topics? We'll split it and then make two episodes out of it, which has really helped us kind of utilize these experts. Sometimes the topics are very disparate and it's like, no, that's a totally different topic. So I appreciate all of the guests who've been on the podcast, especially Don and Jill Rapley and Marsha, who I know has to come on at least two more times in the fall quarter or the next, the second quarter of next year, because we were talking about ideas. Like you get someone on on, and then you're talking about something and you're like, oh, that reminds me, can we do these two other episodes? So people probably hate coming on the show because it ends up making more work. But thank you, Lauren, for always doing the numbers for us. That's interesting. And I'll link to some of the guest episodes too in the show notes for this one, because it's kind of fun to see all the different episodes. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, But therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. So I have another question for you. I've known you and your family pretty well after having worked with you for so long now and you have a big family. 
some of whom have been on the podcast as guests. Off the top of your head, do you remember how many family members have been on the show that you can recall? Okay, for sure my mom. So my mom's a registered dietitian. She used to hate baby led weaning. She now loves it. But it like took her a long time to kind of come around. So I had her come on the podcast, I remember, to talk about why she hated baby led weaning at the beginning and what turned her mind around. That was actually like one of the first bonus episodes, which I think we're going to talk about. But we don't do bonus episodes anymore because it was messing up our like URL mapping for our website. Um, we actually mom- re-released that one last Mother's Day. So I re-listened to it and it's still really great. Oh, OK. Uh, well, my mom does not is not a podcast person And she said that sometimes she accidentally hears it if like my phone connects to her car and that I talk too fast is her feedback. So that's lovely. Um, I know I had my daughter Molly on the show once. Molly is a, I would say she's not the most adventurous eater in our household. She's totally fine with me sharing that because we, we talk about that in our house about how some people like different types of foods. And she came on to talk about how when you have a baby in your house, it sometimes helps the older kids increase the variety of the foods that they ate. And so she's in fourth grade now and they use the Chromebook at school, which I don't love because I'm like, what are you doing at school on this computer? And she's like, oh, the other day I was just like Googling you. I was like, oh my gosh. And she's like, and then I Googled the podcast episode that I was on with you. So she thinks she's hot stuff because one time she did come on the podcast to talk about picky eating when you have younger siblings. So I thought that was cute. And then I know my dad... He might have been in the episode with my mom, but my dad has a voice that makes fun of my podcast voice. So he, I believe, just came on along with my mom to make fun of me in one episode. Is that it? Yeah, I think the one where your mom was interviewed, your dad walked in because he thought it was done. And then he, I remember here, we kept it in the edit because it was so funny. (laughs) Yeah, he loves your podcast voice. I also think Molly, every time I see her, she's like the the Vanna White of baby led weaning. Like she loves showcasing other babies eating and talking about baby led weaning. <laughs> it is my hope because my mom is a dietitian. I would love one of my children to be a dietitian, but right now it's like not looking good and they actively tell me that that's not what they want to do. I do want to do an episode though with like the twins or the cousins. Well, we had the twins on the on YouTube. Remember that? We had them doing, they were just like home from school. And I always ask them like, do you guys want to be in a video? And you know, they usually say no and they have no interest in what I'm doing. But these two hopped in because we were making food. So we had them taste test their favorite foods from when they were babies. And then we had a blind taste test for them when they were five years old. And not to ruin it, most five-year-olds don't love the same foods they loved when they were babies. But there was a few, that one was really fun to have them involved in it. I just like- They both still like chocolate cake. (laughs) uh, And and not a fan of sardines, but that's okay. That's all right. All right, Lauren, what is the most downloaded or popular episode? I don't know how, I think you count downloads. I don't know. Lauren has a lot of numbers, you guys. So which is the one that like people are the most interested in? So I'm going to share a couple stats. The episode with the most plays, which I mean- To summarize, most of our early days episodes, we tried to capture what we knew everyone would be asking for. So anything from episode one through 20, those are the most downloaded, but specifically episode two called five things your baby should be able to do before starting baby led weaning is number one, most downloaded. And the runner up is episode number three, which is the five things parents should be able to do before starting baby led weaning. So those are our most downloaded episodes. But I also thought it would be interesting to share the most consumed episodes, meaning people not just listen to it one time, but kind of start listening to it on repeat. So the most consumed episode is that one I just read off, the five things parents and caregivers should be able to do. And the runner up is five feeding mistakes most parents make and how you can avoid them, which I think is interesting. And then wasn't there a while, like we always look to because we're tracking the web traffic 
to the show notes page that are associated with these episodes. Because a lot of times if we drop a recipe there or we have a special opt-in or feeding guide, obviously then it drives traffic to the website. The vomiting episode is always like bonkers. Is that still the situation? I believe that's episode 20. But yes, that one does get a lot of love. Again, anything episodes one through 20 are the most downloaded, but vomiting is a a weird um, one. Yes, that's episode number 20. People love vomiting and Trader Joe's, like 10 baby led weaning foods to buy your babies. The most popular series, we've done a couple different series. We did some female founder interviews and a few different series, but the most popular series that we've heard feedback about are your grocery series. So you did Trader Joe's, Walmart, Whole Foods. You did a general grocery store one. So Yeah, I think we did Costco, we did Target, we did Aldi, like pretty much the major grocery stores, at which which point people started writing like, why don't you do this random store in Germany? I was like, oh my gosh, because I don't live there. But why don't you, (laughs) you want to come on the podcast and tell me about your favorite stores in Germany? We don't get a ton of like cold outreach, like parents who write like, can I be on your podcast? It's usually like me reaching out and saying, will you come on the show? But we've had a couple where people like, you know, will contact us. And if you have an idea and you want to come on and talk about it, remember the sous vide bomb that came on? I thought that was so cool. Like her family that was a great one. runs a sous vide meat packing company somewhere in the Midwest in the United States. And her baby was eating all these rad meats. And I was like, how are you making these? What are the recipes? And then she came on to talk to us about sous vide. And I thought that one was really cool because she was like a part of our community. Also, I don't remember the, the barbecue pitmaster mom that came on and was talking about like barbecue meats. Like that one was so awesome. That's different from the butcher from Brooklyn, right? Because I no. love that episode too. Karen Nicoletti, the fifth generation butcher from, she came on to talk all about like choosing cuts of meat that are safe for your baby to eat. So like a lot of these ideas, it's like sometimes there are people in our own program or in our own community when I'm like, wait, that's what you do for a living. And then I know for the mom who's the barbecue pitmaster, like we're actually working on like a barbecue meat masterclass that she can come for people inside of our paid program to like learn directly from her, which I think is so awesome. Cause like, that's not my specialty, but it's her specialty. And we kind of have put together like a curriculum of, you know, just for parents that are really, really overwhelmed about eating meat. So look for that in the new year as well. Yeah, definitely. And so speaking of podcast episode brainstorms, sometimes I will propose an episode topic that I know will perform well with lots of downloads, just based on the data And sometimes you propose very random, niche, nerdy nutrition topics. Can you talk a little bit about how we ultimately decide on the topics for the episodes? Okay, so it is true that a lot of our audience is like, they're going back to the beginning and listening from episode one. And I know we were, our show was recently featured on another fairly prominent food-related podcast, is all I'll say. And they were snarking pretty hard about baby led weaning and in passing said something about, oh, and this girl has almost like 300 episodes of her podcast. And I was like, by the way, it's almost 400 episodes. Thank you. But the point is, I wouldn't be putting these episodes out if people weren't listening to them. And I think what people really like about the podcast, and we hear this from feedback, especially in the reviews and from people in our program, or just like random general emails or comments that we'll get, is that I like that you cut right to the chase, that there's not a lot of fluff. It's like, hey, today we're talking about sardines. Here's how you pick this type of tin fish and have it safe for your baby to eat at these different stages. And here's what you stay away from. Like, short and sweet, some of those, the solo mini episodes that come out on Monday, like those are training episodes about nutrition topics. And they're generally like, I think they're pretty mainstream. And and the truth is I am a registered dietitian. The majority of my audience is parents and caregivers of typically developing babies. However, of course there are the outlier situation. We have babies with feeding challenges. We have babies with developmental delays. We have babies with growth faltering, failure to thrive, different medical conditions or diagnoses. And I believe that all of these babies have a right 
to learn how to feed themselves. And I think we say sometimes that the very exception is like if you're an exclusively tube-fed baby and it's not safe for you to swallow anything by mouth as determined by your speech-language pathologist and the team you're working with, or if you're fed via total parental nutrition, which is basically like into your veins because your gut doesn't work, then you can't put food in your mouth. But the rest of the babies, like when I started working in baby-led weaning, there'd be these lists and like super random and arbitrary. Like here's conditions that that baby-led weaning doesn't work for these babies. And it was like babies with a tongue tie. And it's like, oh, that's pretty much every baby these days. Or babies with cleft palate or a cleft lip, babies with Down syndrome. And we know from experience, from anecdotes, from like seeing with our own eyes and working with these babies that baby-led weaning certainly does work for babies that have feeding challenges. And I have to give a shout out here to Jill Rabin, who's a speech-language pathologist who kind of started the entire field of adapted baby-led weaning. So Jill Rabin, she's based out of Chicago. She actually wrote a book with Jill Rapley, the original co-author of the baby-led weaning book. Like Jill and Jill got together and wrote a book about adaptive baby-led weaning and how you can use this approach for babies with feeding challenges. And so it's been very important to me to cover those topics so that when parents see a list, oh, my baby has Down syndrome, I can't do baby-led weaning. No, categorically untrue. Here's the expert in baby-led weaning for Down syndrome, who is Jill Rabin. Here's her talking about the babies that she's worked with and giving you some clues on how you might do the same thing along with your medical team and acknowledging that the timeline for baby-led weaning and independent self-feeding looks different for children with feeding challenges than it might for your typically developing child. But for me as a dietitian, it is really important that we cover those topics. So we we have covered all sorts of medical diagnoses. I think the the cleft lip and cleft palate episode that we did with the surgeon from New York was like, to me, so important because routinely parents will send me an email saying, my doctor told me that I can't do this because my baby has a cleft lip or a cleft palate. And I'm like, well, here's the doctor in the country who's done the most work in this, who says that you can. And here's an interview we did on why baby led weaning does work. Same thing for parents of babies with Down syndrome. Um, for babies that are working on tube weaning, so weaning your baby off of a tube. We just had a mom from who's doing our 100 First Foods program who just hit 100 foods with her baby. She's actually, the, it's the episode coming out, episode 402, is that mom sharing her experience of how they got their baby to eat 100 foods, even though the baby started out on a tube feeding. So to me, it's important to cover those topics so that that one mom who emails me who said, oh, someone told me that I couldn't do it, even if it's a super random small number of children that have a diagnosis, obviously Down syndrome, something like that's pretty major, but there are some more smaller diagnoses that I still think it's important to talk to the experts in that space and be like, can you share the babies who've had success? Or, and then what are the drawbacks too? Like, what should these parents be aware of? And it pretty much is just to answer like that one random outlying email the mom's going to write. And I want to be like, yes, I have an episode for you. We already covered this topic. And if we didn't cover it yet, we definitely are going to. And it's definitely important to be a resource for those special cases. I just want to shout out those two episodes you mentioned. So episode 148 is the episode interview about cleft palate. And then episode 260 is Adapted Baby Led Weaning. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So let's shift gears and talk a little bit about advertising because Lauren, as you know, Lauren also helps manage all of our affiliate and collaboration work on social media, podcasts, et cetera. And I'm super cautious as 
a parent and a professional and very cognizant about the brands that advertise on our podcast. I want them to be products and services that are useful to our audience, but also are things that I personally use and recommend in my own family and in my infant feeding practice, right? Because I think we're all very highly aware of influential people in the online space who like literally will shill or recommend anything. And you're like, have you ever even used that product? Like, I'm not interested in that. Lauren, share a little bit about why we decided to move to a podcast network and then how we decide which advertisers we work with on the podcast. Yeah, so I think a few years ago, we had a few brands reach out to us to sponsor the podcast and they were looking to get more involved beyond social media and Instagram. So we were curious about working with a podcast network purely just logistically. It's a little bit more complicated than just partnering on Instagram. It's a bit more involved to insert an ad on a podcast. So we were interviewing a couple of different podcast networks. And Katie, I believe you found Airwave Media through a like-minded podcast called the Unbiased Science Podcast. You're a loyal listener. Yes, I'm obsessed with them. And I was like, any network, like those gals have a lot more guts than I do to put out like controversial material. Like I am not interested in doing provocative stuff that's going to spark a lot of conversation, but I love that they do it because it's all science backed. And I remember when we were looking for a, a network, like we've had trouble with this, right? Like finding agencies to represent us who understand the importance of like growing your audience, but also doing so in a way that's like not going to put your credential into jeopardy. So like, I liked that they were credentialed experts. Like they're both PhDs, I believe, but really science-based. And I was like any network they're on, like they've done their research. So I reached out to them. And then that's, I think how we got connected with Airwave was through Unbiased Science Podcast. Yeah. So we had a list of networks we wanted to consider and we really liked Airwave specifically because of what you just said. We wanted to align ourselves with professionals, researchers, people with credentials, a little bit more on the nerdier science side of podcast networking rather than like maybe true crime or celebrities. Like the celebrity mom networks, which are insane that that's even a thing. Yeah, totally. But just not our lane and not who we are aligned with as a podcast. So we felt it was a really good fit. They have, I think, kids and family shows, science shows, history. And so the Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro podcast felt like the right show to add to their network. And then in terms of the brands we accept, there are host-read ads and programmatic ads. So I think a programmatic ad's like almost like a radio ad kind of automatic. And then HostRed, we're very particular about. So usually we get a request from a brand who likes our podcast through the network. And then Katie and I will chat, we'll approve or deny the request. And then we'll usually have a meeting or get some sort of script of talking points, receive the product, make sure Katie feels aligned with it and good about it. And then we'll move forward with partnering with this brand. But that's and Lauren usually sends how it like works. 500 emails being like, you need to record this ad today. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, sorry. She's very good. If at I could just like have your voice and record it for you, I would, but we're not, I'm not yet that comfortable with AI. We're getting there. No, just kidding. It's <laughs> still be, and I think like we've been actively working to kind of change some of the stuff in the inside of our business. Like we are a really small team, as Lauren told you, kind of who's involved. And it is a ton of content that we're putting out and we're trying to be you know, only putting out stuff that you guys want to hear. So we really do value and listen to feedback from our audience. And I think the podcast reviews, I don't even know how many reviews we have at this point, Lauren, but like we read every single one and I love them so much because it's really like what people like and what they don't like and what they want to hear more of. Like I've got ideas for another 400 episodes, I feel like, but I want to make sure that it's the stuff that people want to hear. So you're, you do a very good job of like keeping us even keel. Like, I don't know, maybe we could table that until next year. If someone's really dying to have that episode, why don't you do this kind of more, you know, mainline thing that's going to help mainstream parents of typically developing children with, again, some of that outlier stuff, because we want to make sure that all parents are really recognizing their baby's potential to feed themselves. 
Absolutely. And I think, yeah, people love the beginner episodes because I think that's usually when people find the podcast is when they're just getting started. But the podcast reviews, we have a like a Slack messenger channel where we share our favorite moments and our wins. And without a doubt, every time we get some new podcast reviews, they make it to the wins channel because they're so detailed and so great. And people call out their favorite episodes and and why they like the podcast and why they can't listen to Katie faster than a one X speed. It's, I just, I really love the podcast listeners. And I know I talk too fast and I should slow down. And that's been feedback I've gotten for years. I just can't, I get so excited about you guys feeding your babies. So do you have a final question, Lauren? Yes, I do. So speaking of the podcast in its entirety, how do you think the episode topics have changed over the years? Are there types of episodes you wished we did more of? Yes. We used to do, I feel like when Instagram story traffic was a lot better than it is now, I it was easier for me to get parents to be on the podcast. Like there's this tool called SpeakPipe. It's so awesome. You just, it's free. It's, you hold your phone. Like I'm asking you a question, like what's been the hardest food to feed your baby? And parents would just like click the button and be like, Katie, I hate feeding my baby rice. It ends up all over the floor. And then we could take a bunch of those and just clip them together really fast. And it was so fun to hear from other parents. And then it got to a point where I feel like, you know, I think just people's interest in social media is kind of petered off and we didn't get like as great of responses or just like not as many people responding to those. But I really, I loved those speak pipe episodes. I feel like we should actually probably just be interviewing more of our own audience that's inside of our program who are like very eager and willing to share like their wins and also their challenges for feeding babies. Like we used to do it so much more off of Instagram, but things have kind of changed there, which is totally fine. So we don't do a ton of those anymore. I don't, we don't do bonus episodes anymore. Like when, when I just started, like, I remember, well, we launched the podcast, like, literally right as COVID was kind of peaking. It was like May 1st of 2020. Is that right, Lauren? Either late May or... It was in May. Yeah, it, I think it was. But, you know, stuff started in March. So I remember, like, as the COVID stuff was popping up, we're like, okay, we, we should be covering this. Like, parents asking questions about introducing allergenic foods during COVID. And we started to do these bonus episodes. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? Like, we're already putting out two episodes a week on top of all of our social content, plus our email marketing. In the meantime, we layered in a YouTube channel. Like, you know, it can't be everything on every platform. And so I really wanted to stick to like the two episodes a week. We do a solo baby-led weaning mini training episode on Monday. And then we do a guest interview on Thursday. And I'm proud to say like, this is a fairly well-run operation at this point. We usually are batched about a quarter out. So usually about three months ahead, we have everything set. Occasionally we have to move stuff like if a friend in the baby space is like, you know, has, has a big launch or a new book that they want to promote. I mean, we usually know those like pretty far in advance. So it's something that I like because it's actually quite easy to schedule. But we definitely don't do bonus episodes anymore because I've always wanted it to be really easy for you to guys to find the episode. So like, for example, when Lauren was just mentioning before, like, okay, if you want to hear this particular episode, like, let's say you want to hear about the back blows for babies, like, I know that's episode 390. Go to blwpodcast.com slash 390 to hear Brandon from Thrive Training CPR, teach you how to do back blows over the podcast. Like I wanted it to be blwpodcast.com slash 390. And when we started doing the bonus episodes, it messed up the URL mapping. And I was like, I can't handle this because I couldn't remember what they are. But also, we can slot them into regular places. So I feel like... Yeah, and I think strategically, the bonuses didn't make sense because we have a training and then an interview. So if, if we need to move the schedule around a bit to move a, quote, bonus one into an interview spot, then we'll just shuffle the calendar a little bit instead of creating a whole new episode. I think the bonuses now just fit into our interviews a bit better. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and 
What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I agree. And I think especially the new episode ideas, a lot of them come from either... Because I do still all of my own Instagram. I do my comments and responding to comments on the the live feed stuff, unless it's like an automated, we use a lot of many chat right now for automations in Instagram, but I'm the one there responding to all the comments. So when I see something with a good idea, I just screenshot it and then put it in a shared note that we have or in Slack for episode ideas. And same thing for guests, like anyone we see around the internet or someone who's got a new book or a new angle or something related to infant feeding, we just kind of make a note of it and reach out because, you know, it can take up to six months from the time we start thinking about the idea till the episode is actually live when you you flesh out all the details, try to get two people's calendar together. I can only work when my kids are in school and a lot of the people we interview are kind of in the same boat. So sometimes it does take a while to put this stuff together, but it does make me so happy to know that people are going back all the way to the beginning and listening if they're just starting solid foods or that we get so much web traffic as well. People searching like, how do I feed my baby quinoa safely? Or, you know, is it safe to do shellfish? Because they'll hear something on like a different social media account, like, oh, your baby's can't have shellfish before one. And it's like, is that true? And then rather than me writing up the whole answer to that, I'm like, here, go listen to this episode where I teach you exactly how to safely feed your baby shellfish before one. But yes, shellfish is one of the big nine allergenic foods and you should do it early and often. And there's perfectly safe ways that you can do it. There's lots of unsafe ways to do it, but I want to show you the safe ways to do that. So Lauren, thank you so much for doing this episode. This was super fun. I, you're going to have to come back on. We got to get your guest count up there with like Dawn and Marsha no, and Joe Rapley. Okay. I prefer being behind the scenes, but I'm happy to support. <laughs> well, Lori, I love this stage too, because a lot of her friends are starting to have babies and they're interested in baby led weeding. And it's just like, she's like, here, here are all these, there's 400 different pieces of content if you need it on how to do baby led weeding safely. So thank you for all of your work, Lauren, for keeping the show going and running smoothly and running on time and getting it out there so that people can listen to it. Because it's it feels really good to be able to give like this much free content about giving your baby a safe start to solid foods away. We, as you guys know, we have a paid program. If you're interested in it, it's called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. Go to babyledweaning.co slash program. If you want it all laid out, like which, how to feed your baby the hundred foods, I got it for you. But in the meantime, for those of you that either don't want to buy it or can't afford it or not right now, we will continue to have the podcast for you two episodes a week with tons of free content about how to give your baby a safe start to solid foods with baby led weaning. And hopefully there'll be 400 more episodes. Who knows? Right, Lauren? Yeah. Well, I'm happy to help and leave a review with any episode you want Katie to cover. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for the reviews. We really appreciate them, especially Apple Podcasts. If you scroll all the way down to the bottom and click leave a review, I read each and every one of them and hopefully yours will make it to our wins channel in Slack. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks. Okay, that was fun. Definitely not waiting another 400 episodes to have Lauren back on. Thank you, Lauren, for doing the interview. We went through after the interview and listed out like all of the other episodes that we had referenced because I always like to include them in the show notes in the description. And it was kind of a lot, but you can find them if you're interested on the show notes page for this episode, blwpodcast.com forward slash 400. Also, thank you to Jedi, our podcast manager who makes this happen, to Emma, our fabulous podcast editor who makes all of the sound sound wonderful and puts everything together and cuts out a lot of the crap that you guys don't need to hear. Thank you to our interns who help with the outline and the scripting. 
And thank you guys so much for listening. If it weren't for you, there wouldn't be a reason to make this show. So I love doing it. It's my favorite part of my work week. Wednesday is my podcast day where I do all of my mini episodes, all of my scripting, all the questions, all the interviews. But it's also the day I don't have to like literally get out of my pajamas or put makeup on because I love that there's no video involved with our podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening. Also, thank you to our partners at Airwave Media. As we talked a little bit in this episode, if you like listening to podcasts that feature food and science and using your brain, check out some of the podcasts from Airwave. If you want to check out our program, it's called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It's got my original 100 First Foods daily meal plan. I've got my 100 First Foods content library in there where I show you how to make all the foods. I know you guys like listening to stuff, but if you want to see the videos on how to do it with 20 weeks of meal plans laid out for your baby, it's all at babyledweaning.co slash program. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you guys for the next 400 episodes. At a time when change is constant and we are pulled in far too many directions, we need a way to stay present to life and to increase our ability to remain calm, think clearly, and maintain our well-being. Many studies indicate mindfulness improves our mental, emotional, and physical health. On a Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee, you can learn how to practice mindfulness and enjoy its many benefits. Tune in for guided meditations and to hear tips and advice from some of the most respected experts in the fields of mental health and mindfulness. The world truly can be a better place. It all starts with a mindful moment.